0: You know, you don't have to be driving long to realize that once you hit the road, there are road hazards. Once you start driving, there are road hazards out there. Last November, I fact, I was coming to church. Uh, it was about seven thirty in the morning, and so I was kind of making my beeline uh, down here. I had to had to get onto seventy five, and normally that's not an issue. But that particular day, there was a couple of trucks. I was coming down the access. Ramp, uh, and there was a couple of trucks already coming down 75 at about 75 miles an hour, and so I thought, man, I better time this right because if I don't time this right, this will not be good. So you know, so I'm looking at the trucks and I'm driving along. What I wasn't looking at was the was the ramp, and so I'm heading down the ramp. You know, put my foot on the accelerator, and all of a sudden, I ran over something. It was like this thud thud, you know, thing, and it's like when you run over those treadles that say, don't, don't run over these things, you know. That's kind of what it sounded like. And I thought, this is, this is going to be bad. Well, it was. I, I went down the road, about a quarter of a mile had to pull off, you know, change my tire, which at, you know, a quarter of eight on Sunday morning is not what the preacher wants to be doing, changing his tire. I looked at the tire, it looked like somebody had gone out and taken a gigantic bite out of the bottom of the tire. I thought, I don't know what the road hazard was, but it was, it was, it was pretty impressive i tell you, you know, and when you drive, the hazards are out there. I mean, there are potholes. There's ice on the bridge. There's step ladders that fall out of the back of trucks. There are, are uh, you know, bumpers that fall off of cars. There are those tire alligators. You know, those uh, the strips of tires that come off the trucks. And, and I took some pictures of some of my favorite road hazards for you this morning. I don't know if you've ever uh, run into that particular road hazard. I thought it was pretty impressive. Uh, this next one. That's always a hazard. You know, when you're driving off a cliff, that, that is a road hazard. This is my favorite one, falling penguins. You know, if, if you ever get into a zone where the penguins are falling, that, that's, that's a hazard <laughs> in more ways than one. I mean, if there are penguins falling, you've got more problems than driving. Uh, but, but anyway, you know, what happens is that what road hazards are about is that once you hit the road, there are dangers out there. And there are dangers that can cause damage. And that's true also on the road of faith. That's also true on the journey of faith. That there are road hazards. There are dangers out there that can cause damage. And you might not think it would be like that. Particularly for a man like Abram. Because Abraham is this upstanding person. Uh, you know, father of, uh, you know, uh, Judaism traces back to Abram. Christianity goes back to Abram. Uh, Islam goes back toward Abram. I mean, y'all look at this, all these religions look back on Abram as, you know, his father Abraham, this kind of this bastion, his virtue, this pillar of, of uh, someone that, that walked with God in faith. And you would think that walking down the road of faith, following God, that you wouldn't be running into road hazards. What we read about in the scripture this morning is that Abram walked in the road of faith and that where it took him, it took him to Egypt. And when he got to Egypt, what he said was that his wife was his sister. You know, I look at that. I'm thinking like, what is that tabloid kind of stuff doing in the scripture? I mean, that's something I think about looking at in the National Enquirer. Not in the book of Genesis. I want to tell you, friends, I think what it tells me as we begin to start the whole notion of road hazards is that the Bible is a lot more bold at looking at the human condition than most of us are. Because when you begin to look at this particular story, one of the things the Bible begins to say is that as we look at humanity, it's not like there's the best of us and there's the worst of us, it's like when you look at humanity, there's the best of us, and the worst of us, in all of us. There's the best of us, and the worst of us, in all of us. Even when we walk the road of faith, there are road hazards. And so, as we look at the scripture this morning, I kind of look at it as an anatomy of a road hazard. Road hazard along the journey of faith, and it starts out in the most unlikely place. It starts out in a place of hunger, hunger in the Promised Land, hunger in the perfect land, hunger in the place where you you're thinking there shouldn't be hunger in, in Canaan, there shouldn't be hunger in the Promised Land, and yet when you look at the scripture, this one says that's precisely where there is hunger. When when everything seemed like it should be just perfect, like it like it you know it should be great. There's hunger there. You know, we know, and I know, that's that's the truth. That we as human beings, that we hunger for a lot of things. Hunger can be physical. Hunger can also be spiritual. We can hunger for lunch, and that will happen in about 20 minutes. So you're as good there. But we also hunger for love, and we hunger for acceptance, and we hunger for approval, and we hunger for recognition, and we hunger for significance hunger for security. As people, we hunger. That's part of the human condition. That's not good or bad. That just is. And what's important, though, is as you think about hunger is is to know within you, what is that hunger that's part of who you are, that's deep within you, because I want to tell you, friends, what happens is that the hunger that is, that is deep within you, the hunger that is kind of not specific to you, but the hunger that, you know, is kind of in your makeup, is what drives you. It's what helps drive you down the road. It's the internal motivation. It's kind of what moves you, what you and I hunger for. It explains so much about what we behave and what we value and, and, and how we decide to proceed forward with life. So part of what happens in the scripture this morning, it asks us to look within, and asks us to look at a hunger, because even when life may look picture perfect on the outside, there's always a hunger within. Scripture then asks, where is the hunger because what happens with hunger is it, is it leads you somewhere. It, my hunger leads me somewhere, and your hunger leads you somewhere, and it can lead to very productive places in life. It can be lead to places of accomplishment and achievement. It can lead into relationships that are, are beautiful and good. It can, it can lead you into good places. But it also can lead, hunger can lead into problematic places. And, and that's what we see in the scripture this morning. We see that what Abram's hunger did, it led him into a a very problematic place, actually, because I'm going to tell you, as people who kind of are familiar with the scriptures, as soon as you see Hebrews, as soon as you see Jews in Egypt, that is not a good thing. I don't want to let you know, as soon as as God's people end up in Egypt, it's going to get problematic really fast, and it happened for Abram. It happened for his grandson, Jacob. It happened for Moses. I mean, as soon as you start reading that the Hebrews or Abram or any of them are in Egypt, you can just say, this is going to be a problem. i tell you what. What shares with us is that our hungers can lead us into problematic places. And so what we want to know as people is, is if our hungers are leading us down harm's way, what are the signs? How do we get a clue on that? How do you get a clue on that that that's what's kind of beginning to to transpire in our lives? How do we begin to know that that as we look at the signs, uh, let's put up the next sign there, that there is a crater ahead? What are the signs? Well, here are a few. If you find yourself as you go along that you're overly tired or that you're overly stressed, that you're easily bored or that your ego constantly needs boosting or you're spending less and less time at home around the people that you love or if communication is constantly strained or financial pressures are just unrelenting, if you begin to find yourself in in those kind of positions and see those kind of signs, those, those are like warning signs. I mean, the hazard hasn't hit yet, but what you and I need to know is that there's a, there's a blinking yellow light that's here, maybe a blinking red light that says, it is time to kind of pay attention to what's going on in my life, what's going on in my world, because it's time to begin to take a different direction as I travel down the road. And so what we see is that Abram was at that place where he goes into Egypt. And what you see as Abram goes into Egypt, you begin to see this. When you go where you shouldn't go, you end up doing what you shouldn't do. And the scripture to me, I mean, Abram goes down there. And what happens when Abram gets into Egypt is Abram tells Pharaoh that my wife is my sister. And he does that to save his own skin. As he saves his own skin, he actually kind of profits off the whole deal. I mean, that's kind of what's being said in the scripture today. I want to tell you, friends, I, saw, I read one commentary that said that when Abram did that, that was a shrewd move of survival. I look at what just happened there and I said, no, that commentary is an epic rationalization, a justification of, of cowardice. When I look at what's happening with Abram, one thing that really amazes me, and I want to share this with you, is what the Bible does. The reason the Bible brings this story forward for us is that the Bible does not believe in cover-ups. The Bible does not believe in cover-ups. It would have been easy for the writer of the Bible to say, you know what, Abram's this great guy of faith. We're not going to include this story because this story is not a really nice story. But the writer included it. And the writer included it because I think part of what the writer wanted to say is that faith does not make us invincible in terms of the hazards of the road. And faith does not make us invulnerable from making a wreck of things. And what the writer wants us to do is just as he's bringing it forward so we can face it in Abram's life, I think the advice there is if we bring it forward. So if that's where we find ourselves in our own lives, that we do the same, that we face it. We face it. Because when you and I have driven into a crater, we need to claim the crater. We need to name it. We need to own it. Because the only way forward is through. The only way forward Bible doesn't cover it up and the Bible doesn't let Abram live a lie and none of us know about it. The Bible puts that front and center so that we can wrestle with that so we can wrestle with what that means for our lives as well and so Abram, he's in a greater and he needs to own it and he needs to name it and when you look at what happened with Abram, he didn't do either, did he? Pharaoh named it for him, you know happens, and you and I know this too, is that when we go harm's way, when we go down, when when hunger leads to harm's way, leads to hazard, it ends up in hurt. And that's where the scripture doesn't end up at that place, but that's the next step. Because the next step that we see here is that people get hurt. Sarah gets hurt. Egyptians get hurt. I mean, what happens in the scripture, and maybe you paid attention to this, is that when, when Sarah was taken by Pharaoh, they used the term, this woman. They didn't use her name. It was a dehumanizing term. When Pharaoh came along and took her, it was into a dehumanizing situation. And I don't know what happened there. The scripture doesn't go into it at length, doesn't talk about it at all, but it does say, and this is what's interesting, is it what god did in response to that is that god afflicted pharaoh's pharaoh and pharaoh's household with not simply plague, a plague it says great plagues plural and it says god did this for sarah's sake because of sarah see what happens is god's looking there and when you look down at this thing is like god is looking out a human being who's hurting in the midst of this whole situation. God is going to deliver her. He did it for Sarah. Not, on, not on, for Abram's benefit. I mean, it's really clear it's not for Abram's benefit. It is for Sarah's deliverance. And so it brings the plague. It's like it all makes God sick, and then God makes the Egyptians sick. And know, with Abram, and walkway got free and what happens with Abram, he is thrown out of Egypt. You need to know that those last verses when it talks about Pharaoh sending him forth, he's getting, he's getting the bums rush. He's getting thrown out. And as he gets thrown out, I can guarantee you that his marriage has taken a gigantic hit. I can guarantee you that his character has taken a huge dent. And I can guarantee you That the one who started at this chapter, at the beginning of this chapter, Abram is the guy through whom all the nations of the world were supposed to be blessed. Right now, that doesn't look like it's happening. Right now, what they've all experienced is that because of what Abram did, people got hurt all over the place. You know, we look at this story in the scripture. myself the question is this simply a cautionary tale is it is it a story in the scripture that just says hey we need to know our hunger that we need to know where it's leading us that we need to know if there's any warning signs that are out there that we need to own and, and name and claim any craters that we've driven off into yeah, I think it's all of those things, but I think it's more than that because there's there's part of having this story in the Bible that is so powerful because this is how the story begins to close out. That even though Abram was unfaithful to his wife and untrue in his dealings, God was faithful. God was faithful to his promise and God was true to his covenant. And even though Abram abandoned God, God did not abandon Abram. And what you see as we close out the scripture this morning is that even though all of this transpired, this was not the end of the road for Abram. It's not the end of the road. That the story goes on. That God's promise goes on. That God's leading in Abram's life goes on. And it goes on for chapters. It goes on for books in the Bible, and that covenant comes all the way to you and to me in Jesus Christ. Because indeed, God was true to God's promises that in and through Abram, all the nations of the world are blessed. For indeed, Jesus is from Abram, from that lineage and that line, and through Christ, all the nations, all of us. And so what's being said as we close out the scriptures, the scripture closes out is that we can go through the hazards but it's not the end of the road we can walk through hunger, harm's way hurt all of those things but God continues to work God continues to work with humility the scriptures say this beautiful line God loves a humble spirit, a broken and a contrite heart God will not despise. God is always working to bring healing. He binds up brokenhearted. And God is always working, always working to bring hope. Always working to bring hope. So Abram continues forward in that faith. the hazard and on to hope our last hymn, I've never sung this hymn before our first service today but the worship team picked it for the words that are in the first verse and I want to share these with you as we close Lord God your love has called us here as we by love for your love were made your living likeness still we bear though marred dishonored, disobeyed. We come with all our heart and mind, your call to hear, and your love to find. It's in that faith that we carry forward as God's people.